welcome to the Real World Podcast, where mother and son, baby boomer and millennial, Brian and Bobby, <laughs> all the bees, <laughs> all the bees, we talk about real world issues. We don't pretend to be experts in any of these issues, but we do like to bring awareness to things. So, um, and we've kind of taken a little bit of a summer vacay, but we're back. Yeah, I've just been so busy with all my napping. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've had a fun summer. We've done lots of fun things. A couple weeks ago, our whole family went to Disneyland, and that was... Was that fun? That was... It was fun. Brian was, like, probably looking forward to it, well, at least. It's, yeah, it's not... It's it's a little always a little bit of a bummer when you don't fit on some of the rides. And the thing was, I knew I wasn't going to fit on any of the rides. It's not even like a oh, I'm so big kind of thing, is I didn't fit on those rides when I was a middle schooler, really. But I was also a giant <laughs> sure. middle schooler. I was like six. I was like six one when I was in seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. whenever I first went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, you when you wanted to ride, like, Peter Pan's flight, you know, that was really I, I kind of for kids. So, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever wanting to just, do that. Honey, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a joke, but. Oh, I don't sorry, think, it didn't land because I don't it, remember it, things. It, it didn't land. Actually, you only went to Disneyland. Well, we, we went with Trevor and Dawn. And then we went another time during the seventh grade. Okay. But then other than that, you went when you were three when Grandma and Pop came? Yeah, so you went with that was your first Trevor time. and Dawn, and then mm-hmm. as well as we went with our my cousins. Oh, yeah, Annie we went with Annie and Maddie. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was That's fun. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. I'm not super into Disneyland. Definitely yeah. love Star Wars Land. So that's been the you greatest addition really, ever. I thought that was a really cool place. And I was really amazed at how it really looked like the movies, like how they did a really good job depicting oh, yeah. what it looked like on the movies. Is that, it was you know? really cool. Yeah. And you said the Rise of the Resistance was really awesome. I didn't it get to really do that. Good. We were watching the Grands at the time. Yeah. So mom and dad could do some stuff. So Definitely the best amusement park ride I've ever been on. That's cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, it costs enough to get in there, and they're raising the prices yet again. So yeah, I can't imagine why. They're they're, they're top- probably all that water they're using in the <laughs> midst of a drought. <laughs> they're top tier moving forward. They're top tier if you if you're going to renew your uh, annual passes, fourteen hundred a year. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's I know it. I know that's just kind of crazy. That's like four car payments. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, today um, we are going to talk about the IRS. Wait, we are. We are. I, are you prepared? I had prepared everything about the FBI. <laughs> nope. We. I really don't want to talk about the FBI right now because <laughs> right now I'm a little, little concerned about what they're doing. Um, I'm always a little concerned about what our government's well, doing. Well, that's true. And and with the IRS, <laughs> you know the the irony, and, and and we'll get into a lot of the stuff, but. You know, for me, because I, my undergrad was in accounting, as is Brian's is in accounting, which is kind of ironic. Although, well, I mean, you do do accounting now, and I certainly do accounting now owning the business, but um, my first, um, I did general accounting for a couple years, but then I was an auditor for a number of years, then Mm -hmm. I, you know, managed, and then I moved into HR and administration. But so my kind of primary function and the county of Riverside was auditing for property tax purposes. Now, it's not the same thing for income tax purposes, but it kind of is because you're looking at the general books and records to determine whether or not somebody reported properly. And so it's it's a similar kind of thing. 
And, uh, I mean, it's just different kind of reporting, but it's a similar kind of process. And um, so I'm not afraid of audits per se, because having been an auditor, I know what it's like being on the other side. And people were paranoid. You know, you'd show up for an audit, and many people were a little (laughs) concerned about it. And I think that's the concern now about the 87,000 agents that they want to hire, um, because people, when they hear the word audit, they're just concerned. But I'm personally not concerned about that. It's like if you do your, you know, due diligence and you follow your returns properly, you don't have any problems. Yeah. So I'm that the audits themselves don't make me concerned. Um, but just the general sense of government <laughs> distrust. Yeah, I'm, I have a distrust distrust of government in general with regard to just the last couple decades of things that have occurred that one would question so um but anyway with respect to the irs you know one of the things that um what is the irs the internal revenue source the service not source the internal revenue source (laughs) yeah So basically, the Internal Revenue Service is charged with ensuring that people file their taxes properly and pay their taxes properly, okay? And there's all different kinds of of reporting, um, whether you're married, single, uh, you know, of course, you have different kinds of corporations, different kinds of partnerships. So there's all different kinds of ways to report, And, um, I think what happens is, and it's like, I know people that don't really, I mean, they have a very simple financial portfolio and they still go to H&R Block or, or somebody like that to, to file their taxes because they don't feel comfortable with it. And, um, it, it is intimidating to many people. And so what I, I was just curious about st- some statistical information. So if you don't mind, let me just, just throw out some statistics. I mind a little. You- <laughs> um, so in terms of, I was curious, like, of what was the effective tax rate for the different, like, reporting levels? And again, this is for individual income. This is yeah. in corporations or anything. So basically it goes from if you make less than 30K, the effective tax rate is 4.9. And the effective tax rate is basically the overall net amount of tax that you pay over your adjusted income, okay? So that's different than what it is that you paid during your withholding. But so it's like kind of when you once you net your tax return and you see ultimately what you owe versus what, your adjusted income is that's the effective tax rate so you go from less than 30k at 4.9 to under 50k 7.2 100k 9.2 um less than 200k 12.7 then under 500k 19.4 ultimately um less than 2 million 26.8 then uh more than 2 million 27 and a half percent so it's it's adjusted so it's pro- it's a progressive tax so yeah. it's you know lower the more you earn the more you have to pay exactly is, is when you reach those higher echelons of income right but i think sometimes people are confused by that because it's like so let's say you make a million dollars a year and the the highest tax rate 
gosh, I don't even know what it is right now. It was 39.6. Yeah, it's, it's close to 40%. It's close to 40%. But you're not paying 39.6 on the whole million. No, it's, you're you're just made paying it off. It would be like that last everything over 2 million it, that you'd be paying that highest one on. Well, we were only talking about a million. But but the oh. point is is that it's progressive. Oh, sorry. You're That's right. That's okay. It's it's progressive. So of the first say 20,000 you have x percentage then the next 30,000 you have x percentage and so it progressively goes up so that's why you have to look at your overall effective tax rate so that you know kind of what that that um, amount is again over your adjusted gross income yeah so hopefully that that is clear yeah there's a lot of people who definitely don't quite understand that uh, and it's not their fault it's just no right. one ever taught them they, you know and it, this is should be honestly this should be something that is taught like everyone should have to take home economics everyone should have to to learn how to balance a checkbook you know to do banking uh to write a write a letter and basic communication with businesses and so forth like that and at least a crash course on income taxes or really on taxes in general because there's so many different types of taxes. So you have your federal income tax, then you have state income tax. And then we came from Pennsylvania where when we came from Pennsylvania, they had a flat tax. I think it's a different amount now, but it used to be 2.2%. Everybody paid the same amount. It wasn't graduated or anything like that, uh, at least back in the day. It may be completely different now. As compared to California, who has a progressive tax, and I'm like 12.9%. Like, we have the highest taxes everywhere. Although our property taxes are lower in general um, than than many other states. But... Yeah, doesn't PA have like a really high property tax? In comparison to the value of the property, it's definitely higher. I know in talking with my friend Debbie, same thing in Kansas, their, their property tax is higher. Um California does have relatively low property tax with the exception of newer developments over the last 20 years because they added these uh, mellow ruse fees. Basically what happens with that is, I mean, the base rate is 1%, then you add your special assessments to that. And then what happens with that is over the last, like say 20 years or so in new developments, all of the infrastructure that surrounds the development, so the streets, the gutters, the sidewalks, all that kind of thing, they got bonds for those. And then you basically pay for that over the 30-year period. And that is added to your property tax basis. And it's substantial. It's 2 to 3%. So whereas you would otherwise pay, say, $1,000 a year, you're paying $5,000 a year for your property taxes. And so my property taxes in the house that you live in, Brian, are really low comparatively to the value of the home because in California they have um, Prop 13, which basically enables you to have the base of your value on when you purchased it. And we purchased it in 1989, so 33 years ago. <laughs> so anyway, so we get to maintain that lower base um, for the value and um, otherwise like when when homes change it's based upon the value of the property and so you can see during an up market like we've had the last couple years the county's rolling in it the state's rolling in it you know because some of that revenue goes there and yeah. uh, so um, and it, it, you know it's more than half of its used for schools from property taxes so it's definitely needed 
Um, but they definitely have gotten a lot more revenue. But we really are here to talk about the IRS. The IRS. Yes. Um, some other statistics, which I thought was interesting, and this is on audits of individual tax returns. So the amount from 2016 to 2019, and this all these statistics I've gotten from the IRS website, so I didn't pull any information from outside of there because they had a lot of good statistical information, so I didn't need to. Anyway, um, it went from a, about a half a percent to a quarter of a percent for people being audited from 2016 to 2019. And then, you know, there's, it's, it varies for, for like the different income levels. But even at the highest income level, 10 million and more, it's only 2%. So it's not like a substantial amount. Now, it'll be interesting. The IRS is going to double its size. So does that mean that's now 4%? I don't know. I think that remains to be seen. And frankly, in trying to hire um, qualified people for those agent positions, that is going to take them a long time. My assumption is, and again, I didn't read the bill thoroughly, the recent bill, but I would guess that that's over a period of time hiring those 87,000 because there's no way they could do it right away. Not unless they try and recruit a lot of people who want to become agents in the big four. (laughs) But I'm saying is you literally can't do it. Like when we try to recruit for for accountants, accountants are in demand. And generally that's where you're going to pull from. You don't have to pull from an accountant. Generally, I don't know what their min quals or the minimum qualifications are, but my guess is you're going to go to somebody with that kind of a mindset, somebody who has attention to detail and things like that. So Yeah, normally, because uh, I actually looked into this, because one of the things I considered with my accounting degree was to become an agent mm. of the federal government. Uh, oh. I mainly didn't do it because <laughs> I w- didn't want to get into the shape to do it. <laughs> uh, but they typically want at least a four-year degree. Sometimes they'll accept a two-year degree. Uh, but typically a four-year degree is something finance-related, mm-hmm. whether that's economics, finance, preferred okay. accounting yeah, uh, of various kinds, especially if there's any sort of nonprofit or governmental-based accounting degree. They mm-hmm. really like that. Uh, and then as well as they have a lot of other little things you have to do, similar to like what cops or other agencies would have to go through with like training camps, uh, firearm practice, and other little things like that. Not necessarily all of those agents for the IRS will be having guns or anything like that. But if you're going to go into, uh, what's it called, financial, it's the term for, like, financial forensics. Mm, okay. Which is what, if you're buying a, if you're not buying, if you're, <laughs> we're not involved in slavery. Uh, <laughs> I would hope not. Uh, if uh, <laughs> Where did sorry. that come from? I, I don't know why I said buying. It's because we're talking numbers and money, uh. so I said buying instead of hiring. Uh, if you're hiring that many people, I'm sure a good chunk of them, they're going to want to be financial and related to financial forensics, mm. uh, whether it's something small scale and just doing data entry or something much larger scale and actually being full on agents. Mm. Okay. Um, a couple other things. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we continue? I just wanted to cover those statistical things because I think your perspective on this might be a little bit different than mine in terms of the kinds of questions and so forth. Yeah, because I think one of the good things that we can talk about, we can we can do this first or second, but it's that the more practical side of how we view taxes as Christians. 
Okay. Why don't we do that after I kind of talk just about the IRS and then, because that way we can like lay the groundwork for a variety of things and then, and yeah. then you can ask those questions. So um, I think again, getting back to what I was saying about the audits, you know, most people are really concerned about being audited and like I said before, as long as you do your due diligence and you don't lie on your return and you report the facts, you should be fine. I mean, other than making a clerical error in which you underreported your income or something like that, you should be fine. Um, so that actually brings up a question. Yeah. So before we go any further, mm -hmm. I was talking, so I have a British guy I'm friends with who we play D&D with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stays up really late for some reason. He just doesn't go to bed till 5 a.m. I don't, I don't know why. That's why I get uh, up. <laughs> uh, and one of the things he was telling me when me and him were talking about this once was that in England, you don't, some, you don't file your taxes. The government tells you how much you owe or don't owe or like you need to be paid back. Mm. So that the, uh, their, whatever their equivalent of the IRS is, mm -hmm. does it for the average person. It's only mm -hmm. if you're ex exceptionally wealthy do they send like a, hey, do you like own these other additional things? Uh, in which case, then you actually have to file and have an actual account and everything. Mm -hmm. But for the average Joe, they don't. Do you think it's like prudent to do something like that where the government was just calculates it for us? Because they already have all the information. Well, or should we, should we do all of this? When you say they have all the information, yes and no, because they don't have all the information. They don't get the information until you file your income tax returns if you itemize deductions. So they may have some of the information. So they're going to get the income reporting from your employer. They're going to get um, some contributions. I don't know what the church does as far as um, if they're reporting contributions to the government, I don't think they do. I mean, uh, I know we get like a receipt every year. We don't, but now that I think about it, that may not be quite the same thing with England because the Queen of England runs the Church of England because mm -hmm. the, the monarch is like the equivalent of the Pope. So when they... So much I know. So when okay. they maybe do tithes or something, it could potentially be going to the English government to some mm -hmm. degree because okay. uh, there's a little bit of blended lines of church and state. No, not not really, but there's like a little bit of grayness there. So mm -hmm. maybe that maybe that's why it's a little bit easier. Like mm -hmm. some someone gives to their local Anglican church, that church may just be able to easily report it since the, right. it goes to the monarch. Well, again, I think in the United States, unless like, you know, all charities report to the IRS, and I don't know whether they do or they don't, frankly. Most don't. Um, I would guess that. Um, that would be a big part of um, itemized deductions. You know, most other things, like, well, like, say, people that are able to deduct a portion of their business expenses, they wouldn't have any of that information because that's something that people are going to accumulate their receipts and so forth throughout the year. So like a teacher who has to put money into their classrooms, that kind of thing. No, but I, th I think another big part of this is I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know their deduction policies in England or if they even have one or how that works. But I think for a lot of people in the United States, most people don't have the luxury right. of itemized deductions. I, it's, I actually had that statistic. I'm not sure where it is, but it's a pretty small amount. I want to say it was like 14% of 
of um, filers. Um, oh, I'm amazed there's that many. It, and, and I may be wrong, but I, it was it was a smaller amount than I was anticipating. I know uh, we've always itemized it. Yeah, so, so. For, for any listeners out there who aren't sure, it is about 13000 Is it twelve and a half or 13000 for single? I don't even know. I don't remember uh, what the numbers are because we always itemize deductions, so I don't, like, know. During, well, for a while it was a lot smaller. Oh, but was. then during COVID they doubled it. Uh, and so now for a single filing jointly, you, it's about 13 K. I thought it, I thought it increased with the Trump tax plan. Like when Trump, you know, when that whole thing came about, we owed more money. We had to pay more money. Yeah. And I so remember. everybody was just saying, Oh yeah, this is great. This is going to be helpful. This is, you know, a Republican tax cut. No, not for us. We had to pay more. And that really hurt when they, changed on the itemized deduction that you couldn't deduct more than $10,000 in state and local taxes. <laughs> that number is way higher than that for us. So it's like that really substantially affected us. And that was probably the number one um, area that caused us to have to pay more taxes. So we definitely ended up, I think, paying about 3 to 4% more effective. Our tax rate went up 3 to 4% um, because of that change yeah. in the, the Trump tax plan so that definitely didn't benefit us but you know what i really don't i'm not um yeah we're not i'm not one to um when there's social programs and things like that i don't really mind paying my fair share of taxes so that's not my issue like it really isn't mine's more more just other types of issues that i have in terms of um uh you know like if we're looking at conservative versus you know, liberal, that kind of thing. So mine isn't regarding taxes. So I just want to throw that out there. And I know some people like look at me like, what? Why do you want yeah, to pay you're, more? You're really liberal in regards to that. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually pretty open on that. The, yeah. My main thing is that I just want, I want it to pay for the right things. I mean, and that's where I would. Yeah, you're always been much more concerned about government spending. Totally, totally. Because some of it is just, outlandish and so that's where my issues are um but getting back to the irs so getting back to the concern that the primary people have is uh, is audit being audited and why are people selected for audits well generally um and how they do it it's it's random I, that's the joy of auditing it, it's generally random but let me just say i used to select audits because I was a manager of the audit section, and it wasn't really random. You, you say it's random, but you're looking for things that, red flags, basically. And they yeah, are, too. I mean, that's the point of auditing. I mean, there are some that are just complete random. But I would say that's probably less and less than it used to be, because you're looking for someone who's underreporting, generally, right? Or not paying their taxes. I mean, that's the bottom line. And um, so they do do random, but, you know, generally I would say, um, you know, it's, it's because of a red flag. And so you, it could appear like you're underreported. So like, let's say your income isn't comparable to your itemized deductions. You know, they've, they've, they've got a database where they track all these numbers. And so... Whenever yeah, like if you make 40K and you have 35,000 itemized deductions, exactly. they're like, and, mm, and, how are you alive? And, and frankly, it's possible. I mean, it's possible. Maybe you had some 
you know, money that you pulled from savings to give to the church or something like that. I mean, it's yeah, someone, possible. Someone but, could pull a Francis Chan as well, where he gives almost all of his income away. Right. You know, same with Rick Warren. I mean, there's a lot of people that do that. And so, you know, I, I it's legitimate that, that those kinds of returns are filed, but you can understand why they would be a red flag. Oh, yeah. You know. Because you're just thinking, are you really giving this away? What yeah. are you really doing? How much money do you actually have? Right. What are your assets looking because, like Because, right like, now? your contributions to charity, that all has to be documented. You've got to have receipts for that. So, you know, like, why you would lie about something like that to pull you way over the top if you didn't have receipts for that wouldn't make any sense. Like, that would be illogical. That, that, that's a major <laughs> red flag. And I'd have a hard time believing that people would be foolish enough to do that. I mean, I'm sure there are. Well, no, I'm sure there are. I think what one thing that I was reading earlier is that they're receiving fewer returns. So, like, fewer people are even deciding to even file a return, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Again, red flag. I mean, I guess unless maybe these are some of the people that are no longer working, that's why they're trying to fill so many positions because it always seems like everywhere you go, they're still trying to fill positions. And it's like, where are people getting the money to buy what they're buying if they're not working? You know, like what changed during COVID? I mean, this is all since COVID that all of this happened, this observation. Now, I know in the beginning when they were given all that extra unemployment and all that kind of thing, that was different. That was to stimulate the economy and so forth, but that hasn't been the case for a year. So I wonder how the deaths caused by COVID or indirectly caused by COVID have related to this, since there was such a greater amount. Well, it was a large amount of deaths for sure. I mean, about a million in the U.S. I think I think um, that was like over a year ago. That wasn't related to the more the more recent spikes, like at the start of the new year. Which spike are you referring to? I'm sorry. There was a big spike in like January. You mean of, of COVID, COVID deaths or just COVID? Just COVID. Oh, okay. And I'm yeah. sure resultingly COVID deaths as well. Yeah. Well, I think that that has actually kind of gone down because they've learned how to treat it. You know, in the very beginning, they had so many deaths in, in like the senior homes and things like that because they were putting people on the ventilators and they realized that that was almost like a death sentence. Once they put you on a ventilator, most people didn't come off. And uh, so, I, you know, I think that number has, you know, come down substantially. Hopefully. From the first six months of uh, COVID in the beginning, uh, first six months, you know, say from March of 2020 to September or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, you know, generally speaking, when they conduct an audit, they're going to send you a letter. They're going to request uh, information you know, a lot of times they can just do it by mail. If you want to send them copies, if you prefer not to do that, you can ask for a face-to-face -face meeting. Again, they're just looking for you to substantiate what you reported. That's the bottom yeah. line. That's the bottom line. And so, again, I always recommend that you always keep your documentation. Now, generally, they'll do an audit for three years. If they see a huge error, then they can go back maybe up to three more, but they don't generally do more than six years. But I would say generally they're not even doing that. They're only doing three yeah. unless they see a huge error and that where there's a substantial underreporting and then they may go back. Um, so, but again, I you should have all of your records together if you're doing an audit. Yeah. And 
you know, if, if you disagree with their findings, you know, you have a way to appeal it and so forth. And, um, you know, I just wouldn't be overly concerned about an audit as long as you're doing your due diligence. Now, where I seem to have more of an issue, it's not people that are filing their returns or anything like that. But what I would prefer to see some of these IRS agents doing is, I mean, there was all this COVID fraud. I want to know how people are living the way they're living on the income that they're reporting. Let's put it that way. So, so you have somebody who's, you know, basically saying that they live, that they've earned $25,000 and they're living in a 5,000 square foot house. And it's like, okay, how are they doing that? Like, how are they paying for all those expenses if they only earn $25,000? And the reason I bring this up is that over the years, I've known a number of people who have gotten money under the table, who have earned money under the table. And, you know, basically under the table means that they're not reporting their income. So maybe they're doing side jobs for people, um, you know, or there are employers that will just pay you under the table. And I know with respect to like waiters and waitresses, they, they kind of um, changed that like decades ago at this point where you have to report a percentage of your tip income and, and this and that. Um, but years ago, I mean, you just really didn't even, you, you kind of minimized that and you didn't like report it all. And there's no way that they could track it. But now they, they have a different, I remember Jennifer telling me about that. They have a different... Um, One of our cousins. Yeah. They have a different way of, of um, reporting that, that they have to report. And that makes sense. And it's based upon the number of sales during the day for that day, and then whoever was employed. And they have to report that um, for you as income, whatever that percentage is. Again, I'm sure it's changed and so forth. But, again, my that's my biggest issue is how do people live the way they live and sustain these homes when they don't have sufficient income to do that. Roommates. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> fine. But to me, I think they should have to show that. You know, I have no problem with that. I mean, like in your case, you have roommates. You couldn't afford to live there by yourself. No, I but, could not. Right. But, but you can just show, oh, I've got, you know, basically my living expenses are shared by these four other people. And so... You know, then you're able to do that. And, and, and that's all you got to do. But there's just a number of people that aren't doing that. I think about just like, gosh, I'm just really frustrated with all the smash and grabs right now. And people are just... Uh, like looting? Yeah, they're doing all these smash and grabs. There was one at a 7-Eleven the other day. And they went in there. And this guy had this big giant suitcase. There was like a 100 people that went in the 7-Eleven and they just looted the entire thing and this guy had this big just like giant suitcase kind of like the case that we put all this podcast equipment in and it was full of liquor bottles I'll bet you he walked out of there with a couple thousand dollars worth of liquor you know and so I'm sure he's not going to drink it I'm sure he's going to sell it and 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 that's the other thing is like people like sell stuff at swap meets and and they do that kind of thing and again I'm not you know, that's fine. They can do that. But they need to report that as income. I mean, it's not appropriate. The emphasis on using swap meets is okay, not stealing. 
Well, <laughs> yes, the correct. But my point is, is that if you go back again and you look at the people that are stealing, is that how they're able to get by? Because they're reselling what they've stolen in order to be able to pay the rent. So therefore, the IRS should be able to know that. Like, so the enforcement arm of the IRS does not concern me. I know that some people have been a little bit out of shape when, when they were hearing about, you know, the ad for these agents. They want them to be armed. They want to be able to use lethal force. You know, again, having been an auditor and having been chased off of property before, I was chased off of a wind farm before, not with a gun, but we actually did have other people in the office that had been. And so we had to kind of change our policies. Um, you know, it, they should be armed. I mean, if they're for those that are dealing with some difficult situations, but even that is kind of like a cop who goes out and handles a domestic, you know, situation. Those can be the worst situations or are the worst situations. And so I could see if an audit meeting goes south, um, you know, that could be a problem. So I would think, and again, I don't know, um, how they conduct them, but I would, I would think they'd want to hold them in their office, where they would have some protection. Because I could see somebody do it in the office, so that way you at least have some basic levels of protection. Unless you just get no responses, in which case then you would have to physically yeah go yeah. But then you could schedule those ahead of time and make sure you have backup people who are there to support you, whether it's armed officers or not armed officers. Well, you know, the interesting thing is my, my experience in auditing is, again, I've done financial audits because we did internal audits and things like that as well. But, you know, my auditing was for property tax purposes. So we were, we had to go out and view property because we had to know what was on site. We had to know mm. what was inside that, that hangar. We needed to know what was out in the middle of nowhere in a, on a, in a field um, and trust me, there's just all kinds of stuff out there. And right before I left the county, it was before marijuana became, <laughs> be, before it passed, or it was right about that same time. And so that was a huge issue then because we had all these plants, these growing plants. And, um, but, you know, if they're basically earning an income, then they become an asset. And so anyway... We don't need to go there, but yeah, this the bottom line discussion. is the bottom line is is that it's a different perspective though. Whether you're having to go physically look at the property for to see what property it is versus an income, that's why I, I kind of started out with why I thought they need to identify their sources of income in order to sustain a particular lifestyle. Maybe some people think that's going too far, but I think that's a reasonable. Um, a reasonable request for information. Mm. So, yeah, I'm a little hesitant on that because then it becomes a uh, very what's <laughs> you then you have to start defining what's a lifestyle and then how expensive it is. Because what if someone is making a big show of it on Instagram or social media, but they're really living like super poor day to day? Or how do you qualify? Like, do you go digging through people's garbage? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and so that's, that's why it's a challenge. It's really hard to do something mm -hmm. like that. I would honestly, I would just always have focus on auditors of people who are making more than 
half a million dollars at least. See, I disagree. If, if not more. It's it's not about the money because it's the people that are claiming 25000 a year that could be a real problem because they're only reporting what they want to report what's and and they're going out and they're earning fifty hundred thousand dollars doing something else and they're not reporting it and it's not being reported because they're doing it they're not reporting it so they're doing it through like a cash based business so that's one of the biggest reasons that you do get audited if you have a cash based business because it's pretty hard to control that cash unless you have good records. So if you have a cash-based business, be sure to have good records. You need to have a cash journal for every day that you've worked or that you were open for business. Um, you also got to be careful that you don't like report too many losses. Um, you don't want to be deduct- deducting all of your entertainment expenses. Uh, as, you know, I mean, only the ones that pertain to the business. Um, and then another one that I know people have gotten dinged from, I had a, uh, somebody that I knew that got dinged on this one for the home office deduction. So you can claim a deduction for a home office, but you've got to be very careful. First of all, you, and, and I think this has probably become more of an issue with COVID since more and more people are working from home. But if you're going to claim a home office exemption, it really needs to be kind of an isolated like you need to have an office an actual office not part of your bedroom not part of the kitchen it needs to be an actual office i can't make the fridge be my office you can't make the fridge be your office no okay well i apparently commit a tax fraud (laughs) not right yeah i would never um anyway i probably actually go too far in terms of what I'm asking, because, you know, if, if the United States is about freedom, I mean, it, I think a lot of people would say that's overreach and that I, I shouldn't go there. But I just know as an auditor, those are the kinds of things that I would be looking at because I know that's where it really exists. The thing is, when you talk about the people that are making half a million, a million, they're, they have, they're paying a CPA to, to do their taxes. And I'm not saying that they're isn't fraud or there isn't a problem but generally speaking they're being all they're already represented by an accountant they know all the loopholes they know what to do so it's not them that i would be concerned about not that that there couldn't be anything found because there could be but i would say it's less likely i think they would find more if if they would do the research like I was saying. Yeah. I mean, I guess that also brings up my whole idea of I don't think there should be loopholes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I've your dad and I were always ones that we were we were actually supportive of a flat tax. And a lot of people don't believe in that because they, they feel like rich people should pay more than what poor people pay. I shouldn't say poor people. I would say lower income earners. That that didn't come out right. But you know what I'm saying. So if you make 25000 a year and you make a million dollars a year, let's say the effective tax rate, one that was thrown out. I know Mike Huckabee threw this out years ago, 15%. Um, what's wrong with that? Like everybody pays. I mean, the guy who's making a million dollars is still paying a whole lot more in taxes. It's 15%, but it's a whole lot more. So he's paying for more services than you are if you're making 25000 and paying 15%. And for this percentage, would they just you just have no deductions? Right. It's just a flat tax. And and that's the way the, the state of Pennsylvania was when we were back there for the state tax, 2.2%. You still had to file a return. But 
I never understood why you filed a return because it was a flat tax. There was no, there was nothing to adjust. And so I think it was just more to make sure that you reported that you had, you know, complied with the requirement to report your income and to ensure that it balanced what you had paid with your withholding. Yeah, I think I would be a lot more concerned in regards to this would be corporate income tax. Because that becomes a lot more gray because your deductions are effectively your expenses. Um, and so then you wouldn't re- it would be it would be nigh impossible to enforce a flat tax on someone's pure revenue because then what if someone's losing money? You're going to charge people tax on, on top of the fact that they lost their business or something? Because then that, that starts making it a lot more gray. Yeah. And I think that's a bigger part of where I'm also concerned. But we can save corporate taxes for a whole other discussion. But you, have a, but you can have a minimum. And I think that was actually built into this IRS, this, this recent bill, a, a, a minimum corporate tax. But I don't know what kind of corporations that that affected because there's different yeah. kinds of corporations. So some corporations, you pay the income tax from the corporation. Other corporations like the S-Corp, those profits flow over to the individual and they pay personal income taxes on that. So, um, Yeah, because then you also need to qualify size and stuff because I, like, I would have no yeah. problem ever making Amazon pay a flat tax because they're making so much money every year. They're never really going to operate on a loss. Mm-hmm. But if you take a small business, I don't, it starts make, it starts making things a lot more gray. And then you have to start going back to qualitative and quantitative for all these different details. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's very complicated. And no matter yeah. what you do, again, if you have a bright financial person and CPA, I'm telling you, they're going to figure out how best that you should file and you should handle your accounting and your finance. And the thing is the IRS does within the law itself, it allows you to do that, which you can to minimize your taxes. So it's actually stated. And I don't know where the section is or anything like that. I didn't look that up for this podcast, but I remember that from years ago that you're entitled to that. You're not entitled to pay any more taxes than you have to. So if you have valid deductions and things like that, you should yeah, use them. Yeah, I can because the whole idea is if you're already paying into society to benefit it, you shouldn't be forced to pay more than necessary. Mm-hmm. So what um what did you have, Bri? Uh so I think the first and most basic question is are taxes good? Do we feel like taxes are a good thing? I think they're necessary. I mean, when you have a federal government, um, again, we're talking about the IRS here, but, you know, different taxes are used for different things. And so the IRS is charged with the federal income tax and they're responsible primarily for, um, you know, governing the United States of America. And that includes our defense that includes our social programs, yeah. social security, things like that. Um, they have to administer all of those things. So obviously they're going to need an income in order to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I mainly asked that question first because I know there's plenty of people out there who will hear about libertarianism and you'll, they'll hear things, something like taxation is theft or something like that because that individual didn't consent to the 
aspects of the governed and they start talking about social contracts and what it means to be part of blah 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 yeah and none of that really matters but i think it really comes down to our taxes good and i i think they can be I think it's not taxes themselves that are good or evil. It's how people use that money. Totally. Well, it's kind of gets to me. It's like, yeah, my frust- my frustration isn't paying the tax as much as it is, is knowing that my tax money is going to things that I don't support. But that's always going to be the case because look at, the, look at the United States. Look at where we are. We're like 50-50 on so many things. And so we're never going to all agree yeah. on how that money should be spent. I mean, I do think it should be minimalized as much as possible. I mean, we don't want people to have to give up all their money. Where I get frustrated is is the handouts, the entitlements. Because there's so many entitlements out there that just, again, we're not going to talk about entitlements today. Yeah. But there's so many to me that seem unreasonable. And what I want to do is support people that are actually working. I have no problem with them getting money, but I have a problem with people sitting on their butt and not yeah. working and getting benefits when they should be out working. And I think you also don't have a problem with people who genuinely can't work. Absolutely if they're like crippled. Not. Absolutely not. Absolutely. We, I mean, I've had lots of friends and family members who are, have been disabled and um, are unable to work. And if you're unable to work, I mean, I had an aunt that continued to work into her seventies and she shouldn't have, she was physically ill all the time yet. She worked because she needed the income, and it was horrible. She needed to be on disability. Yeah. And um, and finally that happened, but it was it was a long time into it. And I know that my I have other friends who have filed for disability. That it seems like more often than not they get denied the first time, and then they go back again, and then they finally get approval. But I know that that's um, a big challenge for some. Oh, and again, sure. if you're disabled. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about able-bodied people. You mean like a lot of people during COVID? When, well, well there, there's a bit of greenness because we don't want to spread COVID, I mean. But well, yeah, there is a I lot mean, of people. But I'm not going to use COVID as, it's not really COVID. I mean, like, okay, like but the benefit could, that you got. Like yeah. the benefit of getting the extra $1,000 a week from the federal government. 1200 I think. Okay, whatever it was. Or it was 600 a week, so it was 1200 every two weeks. Okay, well, whatever it was, it you made way more money being unemployed than you did when you were employed. employed. Yeah. And that made no sense to me at all. Yeah, and, and I think in the beginning of COVID, it made sense to me in the sense you're trying to... You're trying to gain the majority of the population, and you're trying to motivate them to not work because a new deadly virus is infesting your country and but you they could have get done it control. differently why did everybody get the same amount that made no sense i'm not it should i'm have not been, disagreeing mom it should have been prorated or but adjusted. over time it stopped making sense because they kept lengthening it and lengthening it when at some point almost everyone had already had it and the and then the uh, uh vac- the vaccines came out and they proved very effective and then all sorts of other issues. It was, why were these keep lengthening? Why were these keep lengthening? Uh, and I think there's a good amount of people who couldn't get work, but I also think there's a good amount of people who just didn't want to get work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that realize that when they were home during COVID that they kind of liked that. And people that were able to then start working from home, and a lot of businesses changed that they continue to work from home now mm-hmm. and that's changed a lot of um 
employers in terms of their, you know, less real estate needed to be able to house the people to do the jobs in-house because they could do it from home. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next one, how as Christians should we respond to fraud? When we, when we hear people talk about fraud, whether that's them personally, uh, sort of abusing the system, should we, do we, how do we handle people who, we, who they talk about how they try and abuse the system? Well, do again, we, I, I would always go back to render to Caesar what is Caesar's. So if, if, you know, with regard to the IRS, it's like we said before, you know, you've got to report accurately, you pay your taxes. It is what it is. You know, if you want to fight, if you want to, you know, um, become part of Congress or you want to, you know, take a different approach, then you need to support politicians that take a different approach. But until that time happens, you need to pay your fair share. And I think as a Christian, I mean, I, I support that. Like I, I, there's no way we should be supporting fraud. Yeah. I think that creates a conversation of uh, one, doing your best to be respectful of people as possible, but also bringing up like the validity of render to Caesar. What is Caesar's like, Hey, this is not your money. This is the money created and owned by the United States government. Uh, and you're only able to use this because you're part of helping them being in this society, as well as all the different scriptures that talk about how we need to pay our rightful due to those over us. Uh, whether that's just respect and honor or just taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but I would also say part of that being gentle with people, like I mentioned, being kind, being a good listener. Uh, if you're being aggressive or calling people out in public, that probably won't end well and yeah. also won't let people see your side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we handle governments that misspend? Because that's something I struggle with. I don't pay you much taxes because, in. yeah. Yeah, you vote other people in. I mean, there's really, uh, with our form of government, that's kind of how it works. I mean, it you, you know, we could see a really big change between the Trump administration and the the Biden administration. So if you don't like the Biden administration, then you need to vote him out and his party, what he stands for. So, you know, each vote is important. And um, your grandfather, who's 86 years old, is going to vote. <laughs> he finally registered to vote. He hasn't voted before. He's never voted and before? He's, he says he has, but I don't think he I, ever voted before. I think he was registered, but he never actually voted. I could have like sworn I, I remember him talking to me about, like, he voted for Reagan or something. Well, if he did, that was it. So I mean, I mean that was still would have been 40 years ago. Right. I mean, he just regularly has not voted, but yet he would complain about politicians. I'm like, then you need to register to vote. Yeah. I feel like you can't complain if you're not willing to do anything about it. I, I mean, I even I still have a difficulty because I agree with that, but there's still an aspect of I don't like the spending of anyone I'm voting for. You don't like the what? I don't anyone? like I don't like the spending of anyone I'm voting for. I don't understand what you mean. The spending of anyone. I don't like how any of the big parties would use oh, their Oh, I see. I see. I see. Well, uh, I think we're all different in that. Like, uh, see, that's yeah, the, the and that, that creates the problem. Yeah, because there's this. So here's this one thing over here that you like, and something over there that mm-hmm. you like, mm-hmm. and but it's about what other people want in those budgets and how they want to be spending that money. That creates the, like us versus them mentality, and it becomes difficult. Totally, and, and you know, let's talk about like defense. I mean, like some people want a big defense budget, and because they want us to be protected, they want, um, 
you know, they, they want us to be safe here at home. And to me, the federal government, that's one of their primary duties. But yet there are some people that are very anti-war and they don't think that budget should be high at all. So, so that's an example of yeah. one that, that has very... I mean, very, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, pr- I'm sort of in the middle of that, but I'm very much like we could cut our military budget in half and probably still have that. We had, I'm pretty sure we would still have the biggest military expenses in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pro-military, so, and I know what it takes to go into that because of all of the, what we could do is cut down on all the red tape with everything that would cut down on the cost, therefore we could cut down on the, the budget. But that doesn't happen. And you've got a few big players that are in the game that call the shots. Oh, yeah. And there would be companies related to our defense. Mm-hmm. Because what if we yes. could just, you know, get the cheapest buyer, making it right. more of a exactly a slightly more capitalistic rather than this crony capitalistic uh, right. policies totally. where the companies in power just stay in power. That's right. Because they can just yes schmooze their way into getting contracts. Right. Right. That's good. I like that. Uh, so this one... This one we could literally have a whole couple hours on. So I want to say <laughs> let's have this in very concise okay. few seconds. Okay. Should churches pay taxes? I don't mean uh, like paying into their staff who have income taxes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, should they pay effectively a corporate income tax based on their donations? Well, I believe the reason that the churches don't have to pay or why we have the charitable organizations that don't pay taxes because they're doing goodwill to the public and therefore you know that's why they don't have to pay taxes because their their income is basically an outlay to the public already and so i would say no but i mean i mean i've created a 501c3 and i tell you yeah, I think there's probably some 501c3s that aren't oh, legitimate. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, there's probably some church ones that aren't there legitimate. There are probably some church ones that are illegitimate. So I have no problem with auditing them, but I know, I mean, again, I think they should be audited. They should be, yeah. you know, the, we should be sure that they are, in fact, doing charitable work. Yes, I agree. And that's and that's one of the difficulties that I think a lot of nonprofits don't do. And that's where I'm like, part of me is like, of course not. Why Churches shouldn't. But a part of me is like, eh, well, sort of, because what if they're not really churches? What if they're abusing systems? Totally. And, and there is no question in my mind that that's happening. But I think that there are legitimate nonprofit organizations that that want to really help others and like honestly filing that creating that organization i can see why you have attorneys do it like it was so involved um it took me a long time to put that all together and um so again it's like anything else uh you know sometimes i think we do things just to keep attorneys employed I mean, that's how I feel about accountants sometimes, too. Well, uh, truly, I mean, we need them both, right? I mean, from an administrative standpoint, you need to have all of that documentary evidence in place. Yeah, because they're 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 just special jobs where the reason they're needed is because only a handful of people understand them. And because no one else really understands them as well and how involved and how deep they are, mm-hmm. those people who are in those positions could say, like, I can do this and you do need me. Mm-hmm. 
because it'd be so I've seen so many different posts. I'm on the accounting subreddit on Reddit mm. and I've seen so many times people on that subreddit will be laughing at posts on different super conservative or liberal like parts of Reddit. And they'll be saying, oh, we should just do this or this. And they're like, yeah, you have no idea you're advocating fraud right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because people are just generally unaware. Yeah. Well, they're unaware or they're just trying to get something for nothing. I mean, the bottom line is, is that you don't steal. Yeah. You, you earn what you get. And you're, if you do that, you're going to have peace. You're, you're going to know that you've done what you can and, and. I mean, if you do those things, I think you're fine. I mean, it doesn't mean you won't make a mistake with the IRS that that they you won't be audited, but it's going to be unintentional. There's no there's no willingness. There's no willful violation. I mean, if you willfully try to defraud, like again, we had those code sections as well, and we rarely ever had to use them. But I tell you, there's huge penalties on that if you willfully try to defraud the government. Oh yeah. I mean, and I mean, deservingly so, because if yeah. you're trying to steal, because that's what it is. It doesn't belong to you. Uh, all right. So, did you have any other final thoughts, or shall we get into a couple of verses real quick? I think we should get into verses. We're almost at an hour. We are. This has been a very fun episode on yeah. taxes and the IRS. <laughs> so, if you have made it with us this this far, God bless you. <laughs> if you're an accountant like one of us, may God bless you as even more. <laughs> Uh, so the two verses that, and I'm sure most people are expecting these ones. Uh, first is Romans 13, 6 through 7. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. In parentheses, I put justice because it's talking about people being justice and ruling and God placing people in authority for those purposes, for his divinely ordained purposes, regardless of our opinions on them and regardless of how they handle that power. And then it continues, pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to what revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to who honor is owed. And then probably one of the most famous verses, we even quoted it a few times, Matthew twenty two twenty one: render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Which is at the very tail end of all this is, taxes are one thing, but also don't forget who owns the universe. And who Amen. also that we owe our lives and everything to. And frankly, it all belongs to him. He can change it at any moment. It is. And so, so we're kidding ourselves. And <laughs> if so we when, don't think that. when we make excuses for why we can't give, whether it's to our local church or to a nonprofit or just to a guy who you see down the street who needs money, uh, and you just sort of dismiss all those things, seriously praying and analyze your heart. Not Not because you're wicked or anything, but... Can you actually afford to help someone out from time to time or to give to God, give back to what is already God's? And I would also even say that when you do give, God does bless you. I feel like yeah. I've never haven't had to worry about my finances in remotely a year, and I've mm-hmm. been giving every single paycheck. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if you pursue Jesus, if that's what you're in the habit of doing, he's going to direct your path. He's going to, he's going to, reveal to you how you should handle a particular situation, whether it's giving the guy at the corner or how much you're giving to the church or to other charities. Yeah. And I I would encourage the one thing I feel like God has told me over time is that, you know, it's about right when it starts to hurt a little bit, Mm. right? When God it's it's beginning to raise in your heart, the question of, can I trust you? Can I trust you to keep being there? 
just when it makes you just a tiny bit nervous, a tiny little bit uncertain about giving this much, whatever that amount is. Mm-hmm. And so as far as the IRS goes, again, I wouldn't be overly concerned about an audit as long as you've got all your documents in order. Yep. Just be sure you do that. Be sure that you keep your records in good order and then you shouldn't be worried. Yeah. So yeah. with that, if you have any thoughts or comments, please um, email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. And thank you for being with us today.